Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Moves with Coombs podcast, bite-sized wisdom to re-inspire your relationship with movement. My name is Griffin Coombs, and I am not your average fitness coach. Yes, I'm a certified personal trainer, corrective exercise specialist, yoga instructor, and martial arts and self-defense teacher, and I've spent well over a decade in the world of exercise, nutrition, and well-being, but I believe that fitness has been too narrowly defined for us, and that most people's quantity over quality approach to exercise only helps us to keep those blinders on. You can truly achieve a strong, sexy body and move in a way that actually inspires you if you look beyond the way we're conditioned to relate to our own physicality. So if you're interested in exploring an authentic and sustainable approach to movement, or if you're interested in leveling up the quality of your fitness, or if you're just ready to ditch the bicep curls and treadmills for a fresh new perspective, well, welcome to the conversation. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Moves with Coombs podcast. My name is Griffin Coombs, and I am joined for the second week in a row by my neighbor, the rooster. He doesn't say much, but when he does, he means it. So uh, this kickoff season of the podcast, we're focused on giving you, the average person, the power to confidently design your training program so that it's effective and checks all the boxes for what your body needs and is also simple, not intimidating or overwhelming, and based on movement that you love, brings joy back into the act of moving and exercising, and something that you'll continue to do for the rest of your life, hopefully. So episode one, we talked about finding the thing that you love. Then episode two, we started to look at it through the lens of the four pillars of fitness, four main broad categories of fitness that things will fall under. Uh, You can look at them through that lens to figure out what you're already checking off and then what you need for filling the gaps. So that's what we're going to talk about today in this episode, how to merge the themes of episode one and episode two together. And by the end of this episode, you will have a really good idea, at least an outline of a framework for designing a weekly training regimen that works for you. So you figured out the thing that you love the most. And if you haven't yet, hopefully you're exploring different types of movement and exercise until you find something that really lights you up. And you've looked at the four pillars of fitness as a lens through which you can look at your favorite activity. And you can say, what is this doing for me? And that's really step one. So we're going to look at our favorite activity and we're going to say, is this really challenging my muscles? Is it the strength pillar? Is it really challenging my heart and lungs? Do I feel like I'm breathing really heavily? I got a cardio workout, the cardio pillar. Is it really opening up my joints, lengthening my tissue, making me feel more limber and loose afterwards? That's likely the mobility pillar. Or do I feel like my mind-body connection was really fired up and it's the motor control or the movement pillar? And That's step one, figuring out the primary thing that it does for your body. Step number two is to figure out the secondary pillar that it addresses. And not all activities will address a secondary pillar. There are some that really just mainly tackle one and the rest do need to be filled in in another way. But there are a lot of activities that touch on 
two. And the second one, maybe you don't feel it as much as the primary pillar, but it's definitely a big part of that, uh, that training regimen or that, that activity. So I'm just going to give you a few examples of what I mean so that you can start thinking about your favorite thing. So example number one, I'll take it right from, from my own life. For a long time, my number one activity was martial arts, close combat training. Uh, It's still part of my life, but because of where I am in the world right now, good, solid, consistent training isn't necessarily accessible all the time. So my my training regimen has changed since I was in the Boston area. But for years and years and years, my main activity was close combat training. And for me, the primary pillar was the cardio conditioning pillar. And so that was my cardio workout. So three or four days a week, I would be training for an hour and, you know, you're moving around, uh, you're striking pads or you're sparring each other or uh, there's a lot of dynamic movement, really got the heart rate up, really got me breathing heavy. It was, it was exhausting in a great way. And so for me, I knew right away that's my cardio workout. And when you look at the pillars of fitness, the second or the secondary uh, pillar that it addressed was the motor control pillar, because not only are we getting our heart rate up, but we're working on martial art and combatives techniques. So there's a lot of timing and balance and stability involved and footwork and agility and measuring of distance and knowing where you are in space and practicing sometimes intricate techniques with a lot of complex motor skills. So those two pillars working together kind of made up the bulk of what was martial arts and combat training for me. Another example might be rock climbing. Rock climbing is primarily the strength pillar for most people particularly pulling and grip strength, but also some lower body strength where, uh, depending on the wall that you're climbing, you know, you need to be pushing yourself to ascension with your legs. So it's a certain kind of strength, but it's definitely the strength pillar, uh, but also the motor control pillar too. I mean, you have to measure the distance with your, your brain and your eyes Uh, between different rocks, make the decisions of which rocks you're going to put which limbs on, which way you're going to turn your limbs. Um, All of that stuff falls under the motor control pillar because you are really challenging the brain and its connection to the body and decision-making. Yoga addresses, for most people, the strength pillar and also the mobility pillar. And Really, that just depends which one's primary and which one's secondary really just depends on who you are and what your strengths and weaknesses are. Because because yoga, uh, what we think of as the most common forms of yoga, typically address both. But if you're somebody who's hypermobile, super, super flexible, then yoga might not be really challenging your mobility. But if you're not very strong, it might be primarily a strength workout for you. Whereas if you're like me, who struggles with mobility in a lot of areas, 
but strength comes a little bit more naturally, then yoga is primarily a mobility workout for me with some strength involved. So if you're a yogi or yogini, then perhaps strength and mobility are the ones you're already addressing in your yoga practice. So step one is to figure both of those things out to the best of your ability. It might be ambiguous, and that's okay, but hopefully the examples are helpful. The next step is to just check those off of your list. You don't have to worry about them right now. Your two pillars, primary and secondary, are checked off. Put them aside, and when we look at filling the gaps in the rest of your week, we are looking at the ones that are not addressed. So I'm going to go back to my life as a serious martial artist. Um, I would train four days a week in Krav Maga, close combat, mixed martial arts. And then I would check off cardio. I didn't do any other cardio. And I had really good cardio and conditioning because that was a serious cardio workout. And I knew that. So I checked that off the list. No need to do extra cardio. Um, I also checked motor control off the list. Now, I really cared about getting really good at my training. So I would, when I felt like it, when it was convenient, when I was inspired, work on, you know, balance and agility drills and stuff like that. But I didn't dedicate sessions to it. It was just an extra type of thing. So motor control was checked off the list too. And so I spent my supplemental training time, meaning the training I wanted to do to to support my martial arts training and a healthy lifestyle, I focused on strength and mobility. And in episode four, I'll talk more about different ways to program those supplemental activities because it doesn't have to be one full dedicated session. And I'll give you examples from my life and talk a little bit about what are called micro workouts. But for now, we're just going to speak generally about which gaps we're filling. So if you're that rock climber, you can check off strength and you can check off motor control. And so if you're not rock climbing and you're looking at what do I do for my training for the rest of the week, you're going to want to spend some time on the mobility pillar and other time on the cardio conditioning pillar. If you are the yogi, you're probably looking at checking off strength and checking off mobility. So you want to be looking at a motor control uh, session and a cardio conditioning session. And so what these sessions look like, that's going to also depend on what you like to do mostly. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Mobility, for example, you know, if you're not doing regular yoga or, or stretches and drills for something like dance or something, if you need to fill in the gaps with some mobility, sometimes you just get to sit down and work on your mobility, do some joint articulation, some stretches, some weighted mobility drills, use your bands. That's a whole other episode, but sometimes you just got to do it. But you have options for other pillars For example, if you need to fill in the cardio conditioning pillar, you decide, do I want to go for a run? Do I want to jump on a bike and go for a bike ride? 
Do I want to go on a long hike? Do I want to do a quick, you know, 10 minute high intensity interval session? Do I want to do a little circuit training thing? Um, Speaking of circuit training, I'll give you one more example before we wrap this episode up. If you're somebody whose main form of exercise, if you like those kind of high intensity circuit training stuff, uh, which a lot of people do, I know a lot of people hate it. They're like, why would you ever do that? A lot of people are just really into the feeling and that's great. Uh, And if your circuit training involves a lot of resistance exercise, maybe you're not focused on strength. Maybe you're focused on getting your heart rate up or maybe you're focused on both. But if you're doing, you know, a bunch of push-ups really fast and then you're going over to a new station, you're doing some squat jumps and then you're going down, you're doing an ab move uh, and you're going around a circle doing things like that, you're really burning your muscles out. So your primary pillar might be cardio conditioning, but your secondary pillar is definitely strength. So in that case, you would want mobility and motor control as filling in the gaps with your supplemental exercise. So have a think this week about the two pillars that you could, if you needed to, check off the list of things you're addressing. And then think about where is my choice in the other activities that once or twice a week I need to fill in to really have a well-rounded body, a well-rounded approach to movement. In episode four, we'll talk about a few things in more detail when it comes to filling in the gaps. So we'll talk about, like I mentioned, different ways to fill in the gaps, especially if you really love an activity that addresses mostly one pillar and doesn't have much of a secondary pillar that you can check off the list. But for now, that's almost 15 minutes. This wisdom is bite-sized. Chew on this, digest it, think about how you're gonna use this, and try it out this week and see how you feel. But no matter what you do, keep on moving. We'll see you next time on the Moves with Coombs podcast. Moves with Coombs.